Good evening. My name is Kate Munding. I'm one of the guiding teachers here with this community, the Insight Meditation Community of Berkeley. And I just want to welcome each and every one of you, whoever you are and however you are today. Uh, this, so this evening's talk, um, I just want to address what I'm experiencing uh, internally and what I'm seeing externally is just this continuous heightened level of anxiety, of worry, um, coming from there, there being so much uncertainty and constant um, information uh, coming our way about uh, just what's going on politically right now. There's just so much uncertainty you know, uh, I feel like every day I'm looking to see, well, what is Pelosi saying now? And, you know, what's Trump's response? And it's, it's, um, you know, what, what's going to happen? And there's a lot of unrest in that. And we all have our, our hopes for what will happen and, um, a lot of uncertainty of what that will be. And then, of course, um, other things happening politically, um, whether you've been um, touched by or disturbed by uh, the recent um, outcome of uh, uh, the ruling um, uh, around abortion and the limiting of, of women's health care um, and access to that in certain states and how um, I think a number of people feeling um, uh, really affected by that and fearing what that means overall. Uh, and then so much more happening just in our social divide, the uncertainty of our planet, um, more and more information coming out about just, uh, it's, it's not positive. It's looking really bad, really fast. And there's just uh, this constant feeling of of dread, I think, that societally we're starting to um, get maxed out on. So all of this unrest and, and how we're internalizing this and how it affects our capacity to stay with what's going on and to respond to what's going on instead of collapsing, instead of becoming overwhelmed by it. How do we do that? How does our practice support that? And sometimes our practice meets it and we, we feel that and we come into this feeling of um, uh, surety that we can meet what's, what's coming next. You know, we can feel the strength of our capacity. And other times it's really hard. And we find ourselves spinning and unsure what to do and even uh, how to access our practice or access the Dharma in those moments. And so I want to address that in a real um, practical way so um, so this evening, I actually would like to start with you and hear, um, I want to know a couple things. One, just how you are truly doing um, these days. And then I also want to know how the sit was for you and if um, um that practice or just practice in general or certain practices, dharmic practices, 
have been helping you lately if you've been going through some stress or a hard time. Um, and the way that we can do this is just by having you raise your hand and then um, we can pass the mic around. And it's helpful to speak into the mic so that everybody can hear. And then also um, those who are joining us through the recording um, online, that they can hear you. Just, yeah, how are you doing? Yeah. Well, I've actually been listening to a lot of the um, talks by Tara Brock, Mm -hmm. and I found it really useful. This one thing she was talking about uh, when you um, trance around certain certain issues, you get obsessed about certain things Mm -hmm. and and things to do with fear, and she referred to this thing as being below the line and above the line, where where if you're in a trance, you're sort of um, pushing down the feelings of pain or whatever, and trying to get rid of them, and, and she talks about embracing all of the fear and the pain and taking it above the line. I found that very mm, useful, nice. and allowing those feelings to kind of, in in practice and meditation, allowing it to merge with this greater sense that we're all experiencing a lot of these things together. Yeah, great, thank you. It's kind of a lot to ask right off the bat for you to share. <laughs> I realize that, and it can feel really vulnerable. Um, but your your share, whatever it is, um, it it really enriches this experience, this feeling of being together in this. We're in this together, <laughs> and we're here together, quite literally, in the space practicing. And um, it's one thing to hear a lot coming from me. It's a very different experience to hear from each other. What's going on? What's going on for people right now? Yes. Well, I, I found the meditation, I, I found myself kind of, kind of um, anxious and then the opposite just kind of lacking energy <laughs> and trying and always trying to come back to that middle middle point I found it very helpful just to um, be in my body experience this the earth supporting me and and then the addition of the breath um, I think um, by the end of the meditation I realized, I was much more grounded than I thought I was in the midst of it. I wasn't thinking, but that I felt I was, maybe. But I've, I've definitely felt, had a, an experience of groundlessness and um, uncertainty. And um, th- what happened two days ago is my, my, I just found out my brother was diagnosed with brain cancer. Mm. And that was shocked me right back into the present moment. And it seemed to reorder kind of my what was important. And I began to just experience that life is very precious and very fragile. So I'm kind of in the midst of that, in addition to all the other stuff that's swirling around. Yeah. Thank you. I'm sorry about your brother. Yeah. Good evening. Hi. You know, I think I've said this here before, 
But in order for me to stay in some sort of equanimity, every day I send loving kindness to Mr. Trump. I feel great compassion for him. I know there are people who love him and there are people whom he loves. And I don't want to hate him, uh, even though there's not much that he... I believe that we believe the same things, but it's the only way that I can sort of stay in some kind of equanimity. Yeah. It's not easy. Thank you. I have been having a hard time sitting because when I sit these days, that's when I come in full contact with my anxiety. So what I've been doing instead, I've been moving a lot with presence. So instead of doing the short walks I do with the dog in the morning, we do really, really long walks. And then I try to eat with mindfulness. And and I also, um, you know, I try not to get too sucked into the emotional aspect of the political crisis that we have. Because in reality, you know, you know, the best predictor is what happened in the past, and we're dealing with a very unpredictable situation here. So it's, there is nothing that you can apply from past experiences with, uh, with the leadership here or outside of this country that you can apply currently and see what the outcome could be. Yeah. So we're really on this train, and we really don't know when it's going to stop. Yeah. So I'm just trying to enjoy the view, and you know, and, but the anxiety is there, yeah. and the worry is there. Um, but I'm also recognizing that I'm powerless over lots of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I can just begin by taking care of myself so that I can take care of people around me and my responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So it's one day at a time. Yeah. Thank you. Anything else? This is beautiful wisdom. Lots of dharma. Maybe the last one. I don't think this is much wisdom. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel just a sense of just being maxed out and so yeah. with my own stuff in life. And so I can't, I'm just noticing like you were talking about the new, and I'm just like, and usually I do listen, but I'm like, I, I just, I can't, I can't take it in. You know, it's just, yeah. it would be like too destabilizing. So I'm like, I, there is this sort of, you know, going below the line and like hanging out there because the aversion is so strong of overwhelm and like, it's too much. And yet at the same time, that doesn't feel, obviously that doesn't feel great either. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you. Oh, there's a lot going on. There's, there's what's going on kind of in the, the greater, um, uh, um, universal experience. Uh, there's also just what's happening in each of our personal lives and all of it, uh, we're connected to all of it and, um, we're really connected to it, right? Like we're, we're so connected <laughs> through the news and, and, you know, social media and there's just so much information coming at us, informing us. We're so informed in a way. Um, and yet, um, 
we don't, and we've built these platforms to be able to feel more connected. And the whole idea is to, you know, we've got this global connection happening right now, uh, at this point in time. And, um, as human beings though, we're just not, we're not really ready for it. We're not equipped to take this all in. Our brains, our hearts, we're just, we're not ready for it. Sometimes we are. Sometimes our capacity is high enough that, and we're resourced enough to, to really be with it. And, um, and that's wonderful. And then there's some tipping point. And that's what's been really interesting to me lately is noticing my own tipping point. Like, it just takes one little extra thing and it's too much. It's overwhelming. It's bringing in all this anxiety or, or aversion or whatever it is, or I just want to shut down the whole thing. I don't want to be connected in any way, right? So what is that, what's that tipping point? Why do we keep needing that tipping point? What's going on? And I, and I, I think it's just, we're just so tapped in, in these ways that are not, um, very human, actually. It's so, it's so technology based. We're not, we're not technology. We're human. We're really sensitive. Um, we are, um, you know, historically um, not really developed in this way to take in so much information and know how to process it and what to do with it. And so I think kind of over overall, if I can be um, just broad, it seems like we're, as a, as a human species, we're, we're hitting that tipping point, um, on a regular basis now and not sure how to respond in an appropriate way. So you've got some who respond in anger and divisiveness. You have some who shut down, head in the sand, can't deal with it. Um, some people are, uh, self-medicating. They're, um, you know, suicide rates are very, very high. Um, um, someone over the break, if you don't mind me sharing it, came up telling me a, a story about um, how a, f- a friend of hers' daughter just graduated college, right, and sent her mom a picture that she took. Everyone was clearing out their dorms and excited to leave, and she took a picture of one of the trash cans and all that was in it. This is this is everyone getting rid of all their stuff they don't need and papers and all that. But all that was in this trash can was pills, medication, and booze. And I said, oh, we're not coping. We're really not coping. Our young people aren't coping. I think generations, it's generational. We're not coping very well. So how do we meet this at this point in time with the Dharma? How does the Dharma stay relevant at this moment with what we're experiencing? As we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if there's going to be some relief to all of this or if it's going to get worse. Um, we really don't know what's going to happen. But in this moment, how do we meet it? And how does the Dharma help us hold it? 
And like I wrote in the email that went out yesterday, hopefully this place is a refuge for you, that you're able to come on Thursday nights. This is a constant. It's a place to go. It's safe. You can practice here with other people. That this is um, a place to rest in some way. Even if you sit down and the body and the mind is just, you know, totally agitated, at least you have a space to safely be like that. And it's okay. You know, there's rest even in that, just allowing the body to do what it needs to do. That's really okay. And this is a perfect place for that. You don't have to be any particular way. And so the Dharma or, um, the Dharma is a, is a Pali word, uh, it's translated in a, a variety of ways. I like the translation of it, uh, being just the way things are, the truth of the way things really are is the Dharma. And this is the way things are on a very universal, timeless level. The Dharma. And the, so the Dharma is truth. The Dharma is um, authenticity, the Dharma is connected to this web that we're a part of. Um, and so what is it that uh, we can get from the Dharma and understanding, the more we understand the Dharma, the way things really are, there's something about that that in itself becomes a refuge for our minds. We begin to see the larger picture, some of you spoke of finding ways to actually experience compassion and equanimity. Um, and in this case, it was Trump, but it could be with anyone you're finding really challenging. Uh, some of you finding ways to um, experience this anxiety or whatever it is through movement and different ways of um, being with these experiences in a really wholesome way. That we can actually find ways to not just cope, but stay present, stay with what's happening right now. And so the Dharma and the practice of the Dharma, our meditation practices, allow for that, hopefully. And it takes just a mind moment to switch. So we can be in this mind state of, of anxiety and unrest and fear of intense aversion. And sometimes it just takes a moment to come back to the breath and to the body and reground and become present again. Sometimes that's enough to settle the nervous system and then become more clear, what's really going on right now? I'm so afraid of what's going to happen, but I really don't know what's going to happen. Oh, that's a relief. I actually don't know. That's a relief. <laughs> All these ideas of that I'm living in of what, you know, my fantasy of what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, that's Dharma. That's a relief. It just takes a mind moment to switch from overwhelm to something else, something more settled, something with more capacity to be here with all of this.
uh, I was talking with um, a young woman um, just maybe a month ago. Uh, she was saying that she was experiencing a lot of overwhelm. Um, she couldn't listen to the news. <laughs> she was just, every time she turned on the news, she'd become completely overwhelmed and, um, and angry and then sad and going through a whole, um, spectrum of emo- emotions and just felt like she was, um, so knotted up inside. And then there was other things happening in her life that was bringing in a lot of worry and, and anxiety, and it all seemed to be um, feeding it, it, it each other. So she was going through a relationship that was kind of on the way out and feeling really unstable. And uh, she was worried about her finances, and her rent had just gone up, and she'd been living in the same apartment for a neighborhood for 20 years and realizing that she might not get to stay. And just the heartbreak of that and the feeling of it being so unfair and um, so lots of sadness coming through. And then she said that she found herself really spinning out around all of this and and then uh, in a conversation with a friend where she was just unloading all of this to her friend. Uh, she said her friend who uh, she considered a really wise person and goes to when she's um, really upset or, or unclear of what to do. Her friend said something like this. She said, all the blessings of our life so far were never predictable moments in time. And there is so much in this moment that is sure and true. So don't live in dread of a future you can't predict and use the blessings of now to stand ready for whatever comes. And I had I repeat that. I've got to write that down and share that with the Sangha because it really is so beautiful and so true. And she said, in that moment, it just took that one thing, that, that, that piece of wisdom from her friend, and her whole mind just shifted. She said, my whole perspective, all of it, it was so... Um, uh, clouded and, um, fearful. It just shifted. It turned to something else where suddenly she said, I could feel my breath again. I, she said, I felt my body for the first time in two weeks. (laughs) She was so out of body, so anxious and overwhelmed. And it just took that one moment of wisdom and kindness from her friend and her receiving that. And it shifted into something else. It's not because the universe changed. The condition, like all the other stuff was the same. Her rent was still going up. Her relationship was, you know, challenging. The news was the news. That stuff stayed the same. But her ability to hold it, the mind suddenly opened and realized something bigger. It realized something, um, uh, more compassionate and capable to hold all this. And so I think we all have these moments where we go from that overwhelm to something else, something different, and we realize, okay, I'm here, I'm okay. In some way, I can do this. And the Dharma, I think, provides us more opportunity for those moments. 
our practice provides us more opportunities for those moments, that, that turnaround. And it's not to paint things rosy and feel like everything's going to be great and fine. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's about coming into what is actually happening right now. What is the reality of right now? And in a way, even if the reality of right now is really hard, you know, we're, we're, you know, maybe the reality right now is um, just the state of our planet, or it's, um, uh, you know, you know, really difficult relationships. Um, maybe we're facing serious illness or death. Now, these are these are real things. Uh, maybe we're facing um, poverty, homelessness, um, massive changes in our lives. These are real serious things. So it's not to to somehow paint this picture of of everything is all right in this moment or everything is rosy and fine. It's about being able to turn towards what is actually happening right now. What do I actually know? What do I really know about this moment? What I find when I ask myself that question is so much of what I'm spinning out about is about stuff I don't actually know. It's about stuff that I'm, I'm thinking might happen. It's about stuff that, um, you know, I, I am really just making up in my mind stuff about myself. I'm tripping out about, you know, my own sense of self, a lot of selfishness stuff coming in. Uh, and then when I come back down to what do I really know right now? What's actually here in this moment? What's actually here in this moment is usually something we can be with. I mean, we are actually with it anyway. If we're here, we're alive, we're breathing, we're with it anyway. But it's usually something that the mind can turn towards and hold and be with. The overwhelm is often coming in when we're so worried about the future or, or you know, we're reliving something that's already happened. But right now, what do I know in this moment? I find that so helpful. And it does, it's just one of those things that can flip that mind state in a breath. And suddenly we're here, we have our capacity. So that's all great. Um, but then what about those times where it doesn't just flip? You know, we find ourselves stuck spinning for a really long time. Or we find like our nervous system is just frayed and we're not sure how to come back. We're not sure, um, you know, we, maybe we're really here in this moment and what do we know in this moment? And what we know is that our capacity is really low. That we are struggling with intense anxiety. We're struggling with depression or, or grief. Um, we're struggling with, with rage, real anger. How do I stay steady with that and keep going with that when it doesn't feel sustainable? 
even in this moment, just in this moment. How do we meet that with the Dharma? And so this is what I want to um, offer, just something simple, because I think in those moments we need simplicity. It's not that it's easy. Simplicity doesn't mean that it's going to be easy, but um, it's, it's just a little something to help us start to untangle whatever that, uh, it just feels like a monstrosity of weight on our shoulders or in our head. That, that heaviness that's not grounded, the heaviness that we feel like we're, we're burdened by. How do we start to relieve all that? Um, so just a few things that I find really helpful. One is, is this body. This anxiety when we're spinning out is so ungrounded and we are constantly being pulled out into the world's anxiety, into whatever the newest headline is, um, you know, whatever the, the, uh, social expectation is that we, we're trying so hard to meet. There's, there's kind of this out of body, um, pull. Being out of body is, um, there's just nowhere to land. It is anxiety. And so finding a way to come back into this body as you practice. I think there's a lot of practices where we practice way up here at the nose. Um, maybe you find yourself kind of up here when you're practicing your meditation. The more and more we can bring our attention downward, like I did in that guided meditation, the better. Really using this idea of earth element to to stay here, to stay present. When you're walking, you take yourself for a walk, maybe sitting, maybe there's too much anxiety, too much energy, uh, to use your walking, your movement practice. Um, don't put your earbuds in. Uh, don't distract yourself. Bring yourself to the body. Allow yourself to feel all that movement. See what does your body really need to do? What kind of movement does it need? Do you need to run right now? Do you need to walk slowly? Can you feel your feet making contact with the ground and feel the heaviness there? Stay in your body as much as possible. Use the breath, use sound, listening, whatever it is that helps you um, with the senses. Stay right here in this body. When you do that, you'll start to notice uh, tightness, um, that that strain or that um, uh, feeling of, I don't know, I, sometimes I think of it as, I've talked about it as friction, this internal feeling of um, friction with what's happening. You know, we're not relaxed and in the flow of this is what's happening right now. There's this tight feeling that arises in the body when we are um, experiencing dukkha. Dukkha is the Pali word for suffering, or sometimes it's translated as stress. When we're feeling this in the mind, our body actually is the best, one of the best ways 
um, to clue us in because it becomes tight. Our breath is restricted. We breathe way up here. Our shoulders go up to our ears. Uh, we feel a tightness in our gut. Our muscles in our arms and legs get really constricted. Um, all of this is uh, a perfect, perfect signal for us, letting us know that something isn't right. You know, sometimes we're so caught up in our mind and in the stories that we miss that. We're missing the effect of what's happening in the mind, and our body will tell us every time. We can't hide from it if we're in the body. And so sometimes if I feel like, oh, my mind is just not clear, my mind is so distracted, I don't have to try and figure it all out up here. I just notice, am I tight or am I relaxed in my body? Simple as that. Tight, there's dukkha. Relaxed, not so much dukkha or no dukkha. (laughs) Really simple. Constriction. Expansion. So that's the first thing. Allowing the body to be a messenger. Knowing the hindrances. There's only five. This is a wonderful list to work from when you're going through whatever it is, the many things we've already named. These five things, they're incredible. These are distilled mind states into these perfect five packages. It's actually like a menu. You know, you can go down the menu of five and say, I have that, I have that, and I have that. Or all of them. Yes, I have every single one of these. This is called a hindrance attack (laughs) when you've got all of them. I am, uh, you know, you're looking through, yeah, I'm having... um, uh, uh, this feeling like I just, I just want something that isn't here right now. I'm like reaching into the future. Just everything will be better when I have this one thing. Um, or, you know, I'm so afraid to let go of this, this idea or this, this thing that I really want. I'm so afraid to just let go of that. This is desire. You've got desire. This is a hindrance. This is the tightness that comes with this. Uh, or maybe it's, I don't want this, I hate this. Aversion. You've got aver- aversion. Uh, or it's anxiety, worry, restlessness. You have restlessness. This is the third hindrance. Can't quite settle. Uh, can't um, really, the, that feeling of I just can't be quite present with this. Um, it's not enough. This moment is just not enough. There's this anxiety that comes with it. And then the, the worry that um, comes along. Um, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if they think this of me? What if, you know, I do this? This is restlessness. The fourth hindrance, sloth and torpor, uh, that feeling of um, just kind of meh. You're, you're done with it. You're not interested. You're, um, 
low energy, spaced out. It's kind of the opposite of that restless kind of hyper fear feeling. Sloth and torpor is kind of this low, melancholy, not connected, um, feels a little depressed. Um, this is sloth and torpor. Just can't quite gear up the the interest. And then if you really don't know what you have on all this and you're doubting the thought, you know, that you even have a hindrance or that any of this works or doubt your own abilities, um, this is doubt. <laughs> you have the fifth one, which sometimes is the hardest one to see, is doubt. You're just so confused and, and not feeling right about yourself that you don't really believe in yourself anymore, your capacity to figure this all out. This is just doubt. So there's these five wonderful hindrances to choose from. They usually come in groups. It's really rare you just have one. One might be really recognizable, but then as you pay closer attention, you realize it's brought its friends and that they're, they're, they're there in a group of some kind, some combination. Why is this so wonderful? <laughs> because they're just hindrances. It's just, they're just hindrances. They're completely made up in your mind. They're mind states. They're a view that you're looking through. They're a lens you're looking through in that moment. None of these five are based in truth, in dharma. They are what hinder you from seeing what is really happening right now. What is really happening right now? I'm really just experiencing doubt. And I'm just experiencing aversion. They're just hindrances. When you can say to yourself, oh, it's just a hindrance. Even just that, noticing what it is, what one of the five or the combination is, and depersonalizing it, it's just a hindrance, releases the hold that they have. You'll notice that oftentimes that is enough to start loosening up the gunk that you feel in your mind. It starts to clarify what is really going on right now. And sometimes it takes a little more work. Sometimes it means bringing more attention to it, getting to know these five really intimately. Part of the practice is actually knowing these intimately. You know, we come, we sit, we hope that we're going to feel good and calm and whatever. But usually what we really experience is one of these five. And we get really upset about that or disappointed or feel like, you know, something's wrong. But actually, this, these five, this is where the practice is. This is where we want to be, is face-to-face with these hindrances, and we want to know them. We want to know them inside and out. We want to be able to recognize them instantly so that we're not captured by whatever it is that they've um, created, whatever the illusion is that we're seeing through that is preventing us from actually seeing with clarity. And so to stay with the hindrances without adding more hindrance like 
aversion because they aren't pleasant. We need heart. We need tenderness. We need care and kindness. This is where the heart of the Buddha comes in. This is where mindfulness really isn't enough. Our attention isn't enough. We need um, something more that allows us to rest in the difficult. So we get to know it and see it for what it really is so that it can move on. So we can be released from it. And so there are, there are heart practices which I won't go into this evening. There's a whole set of the Brahma Viharas, the divine abodes of the heart, um, uh, practices. Uh, but I find that even before going there to those particular practices, what's needed is this, this tenderness, this willingness to be with whatever those the hindrances are with uh, care that we're turning towards it not with self-judgment or aversion not wanting to just get rid of it get this out of here so i can really get on with things but rather this way of turning towards it like you would turn towards someone you really love who's hurting, that tenderness that you would bring to someone who was ill and you're taking care of them, or a young child who's having a hard time and your heart just wants to bring them in and give them a big hug. You know, that that deep tenderness that knows better. It's bigger than the hindrances. And I find that just inclining towards this care, sometimes I'll do some kind of, you know, these are like a Western um, insight meditation, Jack Cornfield mudra <laughs> or Tarbrock mudra of just taking a hand and putting it on my heart and feeling that tenderness. It was a reminder to myself that, oh yeah, I have that capacity. I really do care about this. I want to be with the doubt and the aversion. I want to stay close to this in this moment, not to make it get bigger, but and not also to just get rid of it, but to be in relationship with it so that it can move on when it's time, when it's ready, that I'm not stuck in this battle with it, but rather coming into this relationship that's open and relaxed and compassionate. It's a very different way of being with what's here. Just in the way that we breathe, those deep body breaths that I took you through. It's a tenderness practice. It's a reminder that we care about whatever it is that's here, allowing it to move, come and go, without a huge agenda, but just our presence.
And so in this way, we get to know, uh, we get to really know our heart. We get to know what does our heart need right now? What do we need right now? To move back into um, this place of refuge within ourself. Back to this place of settled clarity. Just enough to be able to move forward with whatever it is that we're needing to face. Whatever it is right now that is needing our our attention. And quite frankly, we can't afford not to do this. We are in a moment in time that um, we need to wake up as a society. There's all these ideas um, historically and um, culturally about um, the next coming of the Buddha. And uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, who um, is a um, well-loved and revered Buddhist monk, uh, his prediction was kind of radical and shook things up a bit in the Buddhist world, saying that the next coming of the Buddha uh, would be the Sangha, would be the community. That the next Buddha will be um, not just one person, but a grouping of people, a society of people waking up to the dukkha and waking up into clarity and wisdom, compassion, connection, authenticity, creating a refuge for for everything and everyone. We don't have time (laughs) not to pay attention, not to be tender with ourselves, not to know the hindrances, not to know the Dharma. This is it. (laughs) We have to do this. And yet, and yet, it's it's not always easy because we are in a moment of time where there's so much of the opposite being fed to us. So hopefully this uh, short list of things, grounding in the body, using the body uh, to know what's going on, the tightness versus relaxation, knowing the five hindrances and uh, coming into this tender relationship with it so that we can stay present. Um, That those three things um, can help us move through more smoothly uh, when we are feeling that overwhelm or intense stress. So I hope that that's helpful. Um, I think, uh, we can take a couple of comments or questions and then we'll, we'll end early like I promised. Um, so if there's anyone who'd like to ask a question or make a comment, um, we'll pass the mic around one more time. Yeah, Deborah. Whoa, this was good. It really was. I mean, it's, if we really wake up 
we don't have a choice. I mean, that's my feeling. We just, we need community. We need that so much more than mm-hmm. ever. And so thank you for that Dharma talk because mm. that rocked. It really did. Thank you. Thank you. Great. I think we're done. Okay. So let's dedicate the merit together. So we take this time to acknowledge that just coming here, practicing, spending our time in this way together, in meditation, listening to the Dharma, that this is... um, really wholesome. This is um, somehow its own small contribution in this moment to ourself and our life and also to the lives of others. That the impact of the practice, it's not just for ourselves, but that it has an impact and a ripple effect that goes out to our loved ones to the people we work with, interact with, in our community, and that it goes um, even further than that out into the world in ways that we can't even understand. And so in that spirit, we dedicate the merit of this evening to all beings everywhere, and in particular um, to Vicki. Uh, may she rest in peace and to anyone else who's on your mind these days you can just take a moment to dedicate the merit to them and to all beings may all beings find happiness and contentment in their lives may all beings experience health in their mind and in their body. May all beings be safe from inner and outer harm. May all beings be free. May we all be free. Thank you for your attention.